Welcome back, everybody, to We Are TPM. You are here this week again with John Teixeira and myself, Kyle Teixeira, to discuss all things property management and real estate. Just kidding. We are here to discuss um, or continue our topic of the nine uh, concerns. Wait, the nine things. Uh, I can't even do it today. <laughs> the nine concerns you may have when thinking of renting your home. There you go. Um, That's it. And this week, we're going over the concern of what if they mess up my house? Yep. So just a reminder, if anybody's ever talked to you or mentioned, hey, maybe you should rent your home, these are the things that a lot of people that haven't considered it, these are the objections that run through their brain, right? Mm -hmm. So we've gone through, I need money. We've gone through, um, uh, what am I going to do next, right? And so this one is another really common one that we hear a lot, huh? What if somebody trashes my house, yeah, right? We should call this the nine fear-based decisions when <laughs> thinking of renting your home, right? Yeah, so. well, <laughs> well, some of them have some validity to them, right? And, yeah. And, and so so let's talk. Let's kind of go through this. I got some points here and I don't want to talk through. So what if somebody trashes my house? And And so we've talked about this several times before on how Bad stories get regurgitated, especially in this day of age with social media, right? Yep. That, you know, what makes a good headline, right, is it's usually the best or the worst, right? So, and that's kind of what you're getting at is yep. that these these stories that get amplified and, and regurgitated or word of mouth, all that stuff are the horror stories. We call them horror stories because horror they're stories. rare. So when you got a story like Steve's where he's got a tenant in his house for the past 18 years that doesn't want to leave, right? And doesn't ask him to do repairs and everything goes nice and easy, right? Mm -hmm. Nobody tells that story. Now, maybe when it's that extreme, they might tell it to their buddies, hey, you should buy a rental property. But for the most part, that property doesn't get regurgitated and told over and over again and spread like wildfire. But... Somebody trashed my house and I had to replace every toilet and there was holes in every wall and yada, yada, yada. That story gets told over and over again mm -hmm. and handed down to generations. Well, and because that's, you know, no matter what landlord you are, no matter what property you have, uh, there's different outcomes and different types of people of how they'll treat your house. It's just a fact of life, right? And you could have the worst property that tenants treat the best and, you know, you could have the latter, so... By the way, shout out to Steve, Podcast Mansfield. He helps us do this every single week since I just brought him into the show by <laughs> by by throwing his scenario out there. I figured we we ought to give him a little shout out. No? Yeah, Podcast Mansfield. Check it out. There you go. Check it out. Thank you. It's the only one you'll find that's better than ours. So <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know about that, but but um so all right. So the second thing is when we place and screen tenants, right? We do it so extremely thoroughly that when we – we don't have this happen, right? So like our tenants that we place don't – when they leave, we don't show up to a trashed house. Now, we often show up to trashed houses, but that is when somebody else placed the tenant, usually, Generally, yes. And I don't like the blanket statements. I'm a little bit of a superstitious person about some things. Because so, then we you know, most make something happen. always of the time. Yes, you are correct. <laughs> so, And I'm going to put it at most always. <laughs> but in general, it's because of the diligence. And we're going to wrap it up with this. But the diligence that we do up front 
puts a better person that's more responsible in your home and gives you a lot less. And you mentioned it at the top about fear-based decisions. Those decisions that people make that are fear-based often lead to this end result of a trashed house. Mm-hmm. Well, and kind of getting onto the screening, I mean, you never, you can never with 100% certainty screen and vet a tenant to know they won't trash a house, right? Because you can't, intentions of people, no matter what their credit is, no matter what their history is, can change and different things can happen. Um, but it's, it's really the flip side of that coin of not being Make, not making blind decisions. That's that's the common problem. And the the tenants that we get that cause a lot of these problems, whether they're transfers or from a landlord or someone we did in place, a lot of times it's that they weren't even, those things weren't even looked at. Right. You know, that's the biggest problem. Like rental verification. Gut feelings don't get good Re- tenants. Rental verification. <laughs> How many times have we saw an application that we really liked or that we were maybe prepared to accept and then we got to that that rental verification step. Mm-hmm. And we ask the common question that we ask the previous or current landlord, would you rent to this person again? You know, and then you find out, no, I wouldn't rent to them again. They've trashed the house and they're late four times out of the last year. Well, that was a piece of due diligence that a lot of people, a lot of property managers even don't do, especially if they're looking at a good application that has good verifiable income maybe good, decent credit, everything else checks out. That's the piece that people typically look, look over and, and don't do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that, I mean, we've, I've said it before, gut feelings are not due diligence and, <laughs> and, you know, you, you have to look at those things. I mean, I've, Pretty much when we get transfers from a landlord or a lot of times even another property manager, I can say with pretty much 100% certainty I've never gotten transferred a credit report, never gotten transferred a background check. At best, I get the application, right? So I don't even know what verification process you went through. Um, And once we have a tenant, you know, we, we have to respect the tenant rights and see that through the end of the lease and, you know, try to uphold the situation best we can. But, um, and eventually when a new tenant gets placed, that tenant will be under our standards. Right? And, and that's when we start to see those, those problems go away because they aren't only verified, they're held to a standard, which is important. They know from the get go, the expectations of us, um, you know, they know we have all this information and all that stuff, you know, security deposits. And when it's done right, it's more of a holding, you know, it's two way street. You hold, I hold you to your agreement, and you'll hold me to mine. So, well, you that that is, is a kind of a good segue into our next point, and that is, I call it training tenants, is what I call it. But really, it's kind of like creating the behavior you want out of your tenants, right? By setting up an expectation of what you're going to do. So, in our case, we have systems in place for for repairs, for rent collection, for all the things that we do that tenants are are privy to, right? And they become accustomed to seeing our emails, seeing our videos, our text messages, whatever it is. And so there's a whole process that we've got in place to train our tenants' behavior and what our expectation is for them. Yeah, and it's important. I mean, you can it's not really transparency. It's more just uh, knowing expectations because lack of expectations or lack of knowledge can can cause anger and a lot of emotions. And 
the goal is to make this an emotionless uh, process and, and business, essentially. That'll, that'll never happen. But as close as you can get to that bullseye, uh, the better you will do. Because so. uh, Setting up expectations makes it easier on everybody, doesn't it? Yeah. And, and a lot of times that's as simple as that, understanding, you know, well... This is what Teixeira is going to do, and Teixeira is going to expect this when we move out, or Teixeira is going to do this inspection. So we got to, you know, so just a little bit more um, accountability involved in in our systems, right? That gets you to the end line. So what's the flip side of that? Somebody's in a house for. 18 years like Steve's tenant and he's never looked at it maybe and he has no idea what condition it is and they don't call him and he doesn't care as long as they sent the rent and and then and then they move out and he goes and looks at the house to find out that you know it hopefully it was well kept but he may go find out that that you know it's been in complete disrepair they haven't done anything in 18 years. It's worse than he can imagine, right? So that's that's the flip side and that happens from no diligence mm-hmm. whatsoever on anybody's part. And likely wrong expectations. Like yep. a lot of times it's the tenant thinks, as long as I don't call in repairs and I pay my rent, um, you know, landlord won't care that this leak is causing water damage to the house, you know, because I never called him, they'll be happy. No, I mean, you had a, you had a responsibility to call them um, contractually and, you know, otherwise, some tenants are programmed by previous landlords to think that landlords don't want to hear from them. Yeah, right. We talk about we talk about ex- setting up behaviors, right? The ex- expectations and behaviors that we want. Well, sometimes you're reprogramming people from from previous landlords doing just that, right? We don't want to hear from you. Don't call me. You know, I've I've literally heard landlords tell me that they won't repair anything, you know, until it's, you know, over $500 or something like that, right? And so tenants are just programmed sometimes by their previous landlord to behave a certain yeah, way. we do see that often because there's certain things that landlords can do that I'd say the industry and property managers can't do. Uh, there's, they're held to slightly different standards. Or shouldn't but, do. Yeah, or shouldn't do, but... Um, yeah, that it's it's unclear expectations or even setting up tenants for to be bad tenants for the foreseeable future because of your processes that aren't far, so far from the standard or or the norm. Right. Um, that really sets it apart. And right. That's why this market for tenants and market of tenants and landlords has so many different uh, structures and um, leases, and you know it can vary very yep. strongly. So we try to. Or we don't try to. We don't. We make our system standard across the board for that reason. You know, you're never going to have our tenants communicating to another tenant saying that they did this for you know this way and not for me and blah blah blah. So right. that's important. So here's another interesting one that seems really elementary to you and I, but we both know that sometimes it's not elementary, and that is a security deposit. So we collect a security deposit basically to protect you from this, right? Now, if it cost is going to cost you $12,000 to repair, it's kind of extreme, right? But if it's going to cost you that much money to repair the damage a tenant does, 
a security deposit isn't going to cover that whole thing, right? Mm -hmm. But most repairs are covered by a security deposit. Most tenant negligent type of repairs when they move out that we're going to charge them for are within the amount of the security deposit that they've given us. If your average rent right now is probably $1,800 to $2,000. So we've got $2,000 on file. If you leave and there's $450 worth of repairs, we take that out of that security deposit. Do you find that to be true, Kyle? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's why they call it a security deposit. It's a level of security. Um, and that varies across the industry. Some people want more security. Some people want less. Uh, but that that's the point of it. It's, it's partially to mitigate that fear um, of, you know, somebody going to mess up my house. Uh, you'll never a hundred with a hundred percent certainty know that that won't happen, but that's, that's why this is an investment yep. and all investments have risk. Yep. So, I mean, a very simple answer is if you want no risk, don't invest Well, or, or, <laughs> in life. Or I what say. I like to say about our service is we create certainty for our clients. And that's really what our job is to, to, you know, there's a lot of uncertainty in what we do, but because we do it in a very systematic way and we have a lot of experience, a lot of knowledge in regards to what we're doing every day. Um, we take that certainty out, that uncertainty out, and we give that that investor a level of certainty. So, um, you know, the security deposit, there's been times, Kyle, for the most part, we take one month's rent for a security deposit, right? So if we're renting something for $2,200 a month, we, we collect $2,200 and put it aside for that security deposit. Now, there's times when maybe... There's one yellow flag in the application, but we decide to take it with the owner's consultation, right? And it's like, you know what? All of these things check out, but there's this one thing that just doesn't doesn't check our box. And if we're going to move forward, sometimes we decide we, to, to move forward with an additional security deposit. So because we like everything that we see on the application and we don't have anything better, right? And... So we choose to take this application, but with a higher security deposit. Those are the kinds of decisions that you can make as a landlord. Yeah, yeah, you can, and it just provides bigger security of maybe if there's a higher risk, you know, risk um, reward. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think one one thing this concern usually doesn't bring up is or get acknowledged is uh, people are these tenants are living in the house. And I'd say most people don't want to live in a damaged house, right? Or care about the house, how the house looks. I mean, it's the home they live in. So when you look at it from the other side, most people don't want to intentionally damage the house they live in. Um, I'm not saying those people don't exist or that things don't happen, but uh, it's it's from the other end of the coin of right. these people live in this home. Right. So it's right. probably not their intention to mess it all up. Right, so. <laughs> right, right, right. right. And sometimes, to your point, they don't know any better. They don't know what they're doing. They don't realize that they're letting something go. And mm -hmm. sometimes things are happening behind furniture, and they don't even know it until they move out. You know that that I, I get it. Um, another great point is in in this in this uh, topic about security deposit is what do we do for pets, right? For additional security deposit for pets, pet screening. There's a lot that we do regarding that. Mm -hmm. That most people probably don't do. 
It's very true. I mean, you just mentioned pet screening and most people would be like, what are you talking about? So yeah, we screen the actual pets because there's methods to do that and it can give you risk factors just like screening tenants can give you risk factors. Um, and you take additional deposits for pets because, you know, they can cause damage to the home. But That are usually, in our case, non-refundable, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. um, in most cases, they're non-refundable or there's non-refundable and a refundable part or whatever it may be or pet rent or you know all that stuff so and that's because there's added wear and tear which that comes with pets there's added risk and there's added risk that there's yes. going to be damage yep yeah yeah and, um, you know how many times have we walked into a house that's clean looks great tenant left it really nice but as soon as you walk in, you can just smell, it just kind of that pet smell just hits you because you clean the carpets all day long. And without the proper cleaning and deodorization, that smell just doesn't go away. And the people living there, they didn't know it. They didn't smell it. They lived with it. So they didn't understand, you know, what, what they were doing to the property just by having the pets there, even if they were clean and responsible pet owners. Yeah. And I mean... It, those things can happen and it's all about knowing liability you know a lot of that liability is on the tenant and it's like anything else in life you're gonna go get a pet you better know the consequences of what that pet does or, or <laughs> all, all that stuff so um you, you know we're not a a school that teaches you all all things <laughs> yeah, <laughs> of yeah. what to watch out for but um you know people learn from experience and that's kind of how it goes so let's talk about something else, Kyle. So so part of the story that people hear and regurgitate, right, there's a dollar amount attached to that story sometimes. I spent X amount fixing up my house after so-and-so left. I spent X amount this time, then that time. And, and so when you're regurgitating that story, sometimes that dollar amount goes with it, right? So mm -hmm. I want to talk about that a little bit because, because there are – are about a hundred different ways to repair a home, right? There's a thousand different people that can do it and it could range anywhere from, you know, I don't know, a hundred dollars to, to a thousand dollars to do the same repair. And when we're talking about completely renovating something, now you're talking about a huge, like whose opinion are you, are you using? What decisions are you making? Are you, do you have the ability to make those proper decisions for your next, you know, to set your home up for your next tenancy? Um, I say all that because we have a lot of experience doing that, right? And it's easy for us to make those decisions. But other people that don't have that same experience, they're struggling with each decision. Should I replace that faucet or should I fix it with an O-ring, right? Yeah, and you're talking about the judgment calls on each individual decision. Like, yeah, right. Like, did you say this high number for this tenant moving out because they chipped the, the you know, the the bathtub, they put a chip in it, so you resurfaced the whole thing, right? right, right. Uh, was that needed? You know, that was probably smart to do, um, you know, given the situation, but in a general sense, you blame that whole need on the one one chip or there's a pee spot in the, the edge of the room and you need to replace the padding or wash the carpet and you decide, let's go upgrade to vinyl so this never happens. And that costs you four times more than actually fixing that problem would have. Uh, you know, And those that's what really happens sometimes. Not that those get passed along. I'm saying that that's at the end of the day when that turnover's done, that they upgraded that unit to get themselves more rent. 
Um, Which isn't necessarily a bad decision. No, it's but usually it's a good decision to, to to attribute that to the somebody trashed my house scenario. Yeah, it's like you know the minimum you needed to spend to fix the problems they caused, right? And then you spent probably let's say you spent four times that because right. you fixed those problems with upgrades, right? Um, you know that's it's two ways to look at it, and and you can hire the wrong guy, right? You can hire the wrong guy. That costs you more money because you're fixing his repairs. You can hire the guy that's more expensive. Maybe it's not the wrong guy. Maybe it's the right guy. But maybe he's way more expensive than somebody that we would use. Right? We use we use contractors that we know that we that we trust that we know are not going to do us our clients wrong because they value our business mm-hmm. and they're also very fairly priced. So we have a really good idea on what things should cost us even as they're going up in this environment, right? <laughs> so other people don't have that idea. So when some guy walks in and sells them on, yeah, I could take care of this and renovate this for you and it'll look real nice. And he may have all the right crews doing all the right craftsmanship, but a 10,000 job could easily cost you $20,000 if you hire the wrong person. Yes, and then you give in top of that, give the wrong timeline or don't deadline mm, or use go. the wrong person for Because that vacancy reason. is important, isn't it? It is, and the, a lot of the horror stories like this that I hear, I commonly see people like you know we talked about the upgrades inflating the number. Well, even what will even compound way quicker on top of that number is rent. So I've heard landlords say, "I lost, you know, so and so number during this turn." Well, you're and then justify part of it where well, it took me three months to fix everything they messed up because i tried to do it myself or you did it yourself you hired some person <laughs> and, and now you're adding three months of lost rent right. to that exactly um you didn't lose three months of rent because of that tenant unless they you know <laughs> there's some rare situations maybe like you have to rebuild the whole room <laughs> i don't know but but the point is if we, that would have gotten done in a week or in two weeks which most turn any turnover we do shouldn't you know, take more than two weeks, um, especially that's a big difference in lost rent because we have a, we have a client right now I'm thinking about that likes to do their, save their money and do their, their, their repairs, right. Mm -hmm. Their own repairs. And he's been telling me for about six weeks about that, that we're going to manage this property, that he's getting it ready for us. We just flipped one in three days that needed a lot of repairs and we got it ready. It's literally going to have, actually, it just got pushed back two days. So it's literally going to have five days of vacancy. This is a home that has had an old tenant that we didn't place in it, that lived in it for a long time. It ended up needing a lot of repair, right? We took it over with this tenant. We knew it was going to need a lot of repair. Five days vacancy, and I've got this investor who thinks he's saving money because he's doing it himself. He's been working on this house that I don't think needed that much repair at all. He's been working on it for, I don't know, I want to say four to six weeks. He's been telling me, you're going to take this over. And I keep asking him every time I talk to him, hey, that place ready yet? No, still got another few days, few weeks, whatever it is. And Well, it's a math game, right? Because that happened to us earlier last year was uh, we even – got the quote for the renovation and we're going to do it you know that probably would have taken a week um turns out homeowner decided to do it themselves took four months uh because of the price of the estimate well i'm like well 
four months of rent would have more than paid for four that months renovation of rent, estimate. taxes insurance yeah. utilities well and how much money did you throw out of your pocket at your mortgage during three four months right know? that's what i'm saying it's, yeah it's, it's, I'll, they're I'll, both you, money out of your pocket so add the total cost of what it costs to own a home and keep it vacant it's a lot more than people realize and vacancy times or how you save money a lot of times on this, along with choosing the right contractor, right? Mm-hmm. The, they're both very important, but that's that's kind of where we come in. That's kind of where our expertise comes in because we're able to do that for our clients. And so when you're if you're out there making those decisions for yourself right now, you know, you just have to understand that that both of those things are extremely important and what what that turnover is going to cost you is in vacancy time. And the actual cost to repair. Yeah, that's not even taken into account if you, most people don't try to do it themselves, but you do it yourself. Now you're talking labor and your own time, um, or your own time to, to do that labor and yeah, materials value, and all that. The so. value of my time is, is, is a lot, is really high. If I'm out there throwing a hammer, man, I'm spending a lot of money. If I really put the value of what my time costs me, right? Have you ever done that, Kyle? Yeah. And I mean, I've renovated my own house to be a rental, but I did it over a a time period that I lived in it. Um, On your free time. When I got my new house and needed to move, (laughs) I hired contractors. So I had that thing rented out within two weeks, you know, because that was a time consideration uh, that needed to get done. But that experience helped you make that decision. So the experience of doing it the first time helped you realize that, you know what, I should just hire somebody. Well, yeah, that and, you know, this, what we talk about and right. doing this for years and all right. that. It wasn't really a decision or a, or a thought in my head, but that's because it, it's sh- because I know that the time was more valuable than whatever the cost was going to be for that time period, you know, so. I love it. Good, really good discussion, Kyle. I wanted to, to bottom line this because this is probably one of the more common, you know, oh, somebody's going to trash my house, right? How many times have we heard that? Um, kind of bottom line is that. That doesn't happen to – it happens to a very small percentage of people and it especially doesn't happen the more due diligence you do up front, right? It's just like anything else. It does and and I like to say it, until it exceeds your security deposit, you know, say a lot of people think that somebody trashed their house. Well, if it's dirty and needs a deep cleaning – it's a little gross or you know, whatever when you walk in. Those things are cleanable and usually, um, you know, small repairs and all that stuff. Perspective usually is a lot different than cost, right? Sometimes some, cleaning is yeah, trashing Yeah, some my things house. that look awful <laughs> are cheap. Right. And some things that don't look so bad That's a great point. are very expensive, That's right? a great point. Um, so it, it's really not even if they mess up your house or there's repairs or turnover costs. It's until that ex- – it's when it exceeds the security deposit. Right, because until it exceeds the security deposit, all those repairs are getting paid for and expensed out of that security deposit. Right, it doesn't change um, your bottom line. So that's even more rare, is I guess what I'm saying. It would be like if you walked in the front door and and you're in the living room now, and the ceiling fan is coming out of the ceiling you would immediately have this perception that the house is trashed. Mm -hmm. If there's nothing else wrong with the house except for that, your perception is somebody trashed my house and that ceiling fan literally is going to cost you $100 to replace. Yeah. Yeah. And 
part of this question that's even, you know, the perspective is what if somebody trashes my home? Um, it's not your home anymore. So <laughs> and generally this well, is when it's coming it's from your, your investment. Home. Exactly. Yeah, it's your investment. Exactly. So, uh, and, and I say it in that way, um, not to be careless, but that it can be fixed and go continue to be your investment. Right. Mm-hmm. Now, if someone came in with a bat into your house that you live in and trashed it and threw crap at the walls and or whatever, you'd be a lot more upset. So, <laughs> so, so Kyle, people can expect there to be repairs to be done on an ongoing basis on their homes when they're renting them, right? And during turnover, right? Mm-hmm. It's inevitable. So we are not sitting here trying to say that that's not going to happen to you. What we're talking to, the person we're talking to right now is the person that thinks that somebody is just going to completely trash their house with holes in the walls. Everything's going to need to be replaced, right? That's the mindset that we're talking to right now. There's absolutely going to be repairs. We were just doing an analysis for one of our clients before we came here um, for 2021 and how many, how, what percentage of repairs to, to income that they're having to do. And that's a good analysis to do and understanding what the industry uh what the industry thinks is is fair for that and how you're doing compared to that is is an important analysis to do. And that's a real thing. We're not discounting that. We're not saying that doesn't exist. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it is a real thing. It's just, uh, you know, like everything we talk about, it's a investment decision. And yep. uh, we're talking about one of the concerns and fear-based decisions that will stop you from making a good decision um, and, you know, telling yourself that it's a bad one. Um, when it's not, you know, will somebody it. trash my house isn't the reason you should be re- not renting your home. I'm not saying there's not other ones, but <laughs> that's not the one you should start and end with is, is probably the main point we're getting at. This has been a fun series, Kyle, just kind of talking through some of the things that we hear like on a regular, some of the objections we hear on a regular basis. Um, I don't know which one we're going to cover next week. I know we got five more. Is that right? Yeah, We're but on... if you're interested, you can tune back in and find out. So, <laughs> there we go. Well, if you guys have any questions or want to talk to us about any of these, uh, get a rental analysis or um, just anything you may want to discuss, uh, give us a call 817-818-9039 or you can always shoot us a little passive email with your rental properties and we'll tell you what they're worth or shoot us an email that... Uh, you know, how you're in town, you want to go hang. Uh, <laughs> what is show that email me, address? What? Oh, I'm sorry. What go is ahead. the email? What kidding. is that Show email? me the money at wertpm.com. That is... Show me the money. At wertpm.com. <laughs> I just want to say the show me the money part. Show me the money. <laughs> show me the money at wertpm. Yeah, so like Kyle said, you know what? If you're just curious what we could do for your portfolio, right... Just shoot us addresses and rents. It's just curiosity. Like, hey, what, what, so you could know what the cost of having somebody do this for you was, is, and whether it'll pay for itself or not, right? Yeah. The rents part is to show, so we could show you if it'll, it, it'll pay for itself. Um, right. But if you're not comfortable doing that, just send us the properties. We'll give you honest estimates yep. of what we'll get for you. Yep, so, yep. Love it. All right. Closing us out. Yep. Everybody have a happy new year and we'll catch you on the next one. All right. Peace out.